Good evening, MJ. Good evening, Jay. Just off to our west, we have an absolutely gorgeous sunset. Yes. Um, after a few days of rainy weather. Yes. Uh, yes. We're gonna. We've got a lot to discuss tonight. We're gonna discuss some U.S. Sprint Enduro, some FTR, some GNCC, some uh, National Enduro. We're gonna discuss the good, the bad. We may even have a guest. Yes. Lined up. Excited. So, for episode 43.5 of Beyond the Curve Goes Off-Road and Off-Track and Everywhere Else, that is MJ Adonis. I am Trey Heath, and we're going to talk racing. Yes. Um, this weekend was the first round of the GNCC, started in Union, South Carolina. It was round six, I think, of FTR, um, and that was a tale of two days, so... Um, we're going to shoot the breeze for a couple minutes uh, just until we can make contact with our guest. And um, if we get our guest on, it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, you'll notice for our display tonight, we have the new Yodonis 525 racing hats. And MJ's proudly wearing yes. one of his own hats. So it's like you're wearing your own jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Which, oh, I don't know how I feel about that because I hate when people walk around the racetrack wearing their jerseys and they're not going out to race. So. A few years ago, it was, I think it was Walker Fowler, who was at the Tampa Supercross, and he wore, was wearing his own number one jersey, and the media crew, one of the main media crews, media outlets, just absolutely ragged him mercilessly, mercilessly, mercilessly? They didn't, they didn't let up on him. And for some reason, I don't understand, though, if I'm a football fan or a soccer fan or a baseball fan, I can walk into a stadium and it's OK if you're wearing a jersey. But if you go to a motocross race and you're wearing a jersey, people make fun of you. And if you're wearing your own jersey. Oof. You know, I'm not opposed if you're wearing like your favorite rider's jersey. Like now um, you can buy the replica jerseys. Yeah. Um, so like, I'm not opposed to that, but wearing your own jersey, I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe that, maybe that's a, uh, maybe that's a, going to be a hot topic for, uh, the LVK more than moto podcast from, uh, Kellen Brower. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe we need to get, get them that topic and see what they think about that. Well, maybe we'll ask our guest. Yeah. We'll ask our guest what his opinion on that is and see if we can get an honest answer. Because our guest has merch. Yes. And our guest wears his own merch. But I wonder if he would wear his own jersey. Yeah, so here's my hot take on that. So I guess this would kind of be merch. But, like, I feel like wearing your own merchandise is okay. Because it's streetwear. Like, you know, like just how I'm wearing my DP Brake shirt, you know. But it's also advertising. Yes, it is your own so I don't know. That is a very hot topic. I mean, I believe that most people walk around with their team stuff on because it's their team. Yeah. Um, but it's usually streetwear stuff. It's yeah. not, you know, their uniform. Yeah. yeah. It would be kind of weird for like, I don't know, an indie car driver to walk around with their fire suit. Today. Yeah. Like that would be kind of weird. But they might wear a Penske racing shirt. Yeah. Today, yeah. 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 So. Um, is it is it time? I think we can get, but I will say I'm very sorry about this, but my nose is running all of a sudden. Sorry. So I'm going to grab a, a tissue very quickly. 
we are going to cover a wide variety of results tonight. It's going to, the only reason I pulled it off is because there was so much racing recently. Um, and I don't have anything for FTR because I, it, it was a, it was an unbelievable quagmire on Sunday and I don't even know how they got results. So we're going to talk about FTR, but goodness gracious, that club, they worked so hard to get a track put together, put on a great race. And then they spent, I don't know how many hours. They were still pulling people out Monday morning. Yes. From, from the I track, mean, so. just absurd. And and like you said, extreme props to them yeah. for, for toughing that out. You know, everybody, we race on the weekend so we can go to work on Monday. Yeah. So they're trying to make it where people can, I'm sure they, excuse me, I'm sure they went around to the rigs and were like, hey, can you take off tomorrow or do we need to get you out or, you know, and uh, probably prioritize people. Yeah. But, but yeah, major props to them for, I always like this property. I know you've had, um, uh, some good uh, and bad. Yeah. Yeah. You had a, a bad crash, what, two years ago? Yeah. Now? Um, and I've had good and bad luck here. I've won here and I've, um, lost and broken. And, but it's just a cool, it's a cool piece, but, the reports I got and, and um, just FYI, I may actually do, there may be a 43.7 this week because I may have Jason Crowley on to talk okay. about some of the goggle technologies Yeah, and he'll dive into that race this past weekend. And not only like, you know, you always wonder what someone's thinking when they come off the track, the guy right beside us and Jason, two different classes. I was talking with Jason I was listening to the young man talk to his father. They exactly had the same feelings, like what was going on. And that's why they both pulled off the track. Yeah. Like they, they, it's a Jason who's a decent a rider. And the guy that was beside me, he had won a race already this year and be open. And it took these guys like almost an hour to do a lap. Wow. And, and, and it was ridiculous, and I know people have tried to put out their videos and stuff, and it's just, it's one of those that makes off-road racing what it is. Yeah. You know, and, and I know people got stuck, and you know what? The road got to the point that it was probably impassable because I heard some of the motorhomes couldn't even get pulled out because they were bottoming out. Yeah. And afraid they were going to rip stuff off. So, um, you want to reach out to our guests and see if we can get them? Yeah, he is ready to go. He's ready? He's ready to go. Let's do it. All right. Let's, uh. I'll start my little screen recording here for our YouTube viewers and uh, let Miss Michelle try and splice that all together. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so let's. Why don't one go? Yeah, there we go. All right, let's see what we can make happen here. He said he was ready. Good evening, sir. Hey, what's going on, guys? How's it should going? Go, should I go sideways or upwards? It doesn't matter. We'll we'll splice it together. Yeah, let All me right, see if I go. can. All right, perfect. Yeah. Um, how was your live? how was your uh, YouTube chat? No, it was good. It's pretty quiet. Um, but uh, yeah, I just go on there. Just can you say anyone uh, anyone comments or whatever? I just uh, I'm terrible with like getting back with people, so. Uh, the YouTube thing is like if people comment on the live stream, it's like I'm right there so I can answer any questions if anyone has any. 
That's awesome for a guy that's introverted, like you've talked about being and kind of doing your own thing. It's really, it's, it's very upfront that you'll go on and be there for them when they're ready to talk to you. So that's awesome. I mean, that's a great way to handle it. Yeah. Yeah. I try. I don't know. It's uh, it's difficult because I'm trying to balance, you know, work and training and everything, but I try to like get back with the people that are fans, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's if, uh, if I had access to text Tom Brady, I would, try to text Tom Brady not 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 comparing myself to him but it's like I don't know it's cool if uh, you look up to somebody it's like you just if uh if you have access you might as well try to ask away you, you know yeah absolutely I mean I'm not saying it's bad because I feel like in our world you're almost like a Tom Brady-esque person because our sport isn't as big as football is so yeah, you might not have the millions of followers, but if you look across the board at the amount of followers you have compared to other people in our sport, I mean, you almost are like a Tom Brady-esque person. So it's not, I don't, I don't think it would be a bad comparison to, in our sport at least, you know? Yeah, I mean, Tom's got seven uh, Super Bowl rings and I don't have any championships at the national level, but <laughs> yeah, I, I see what you mean though. Like, uh, Hey, you're a Florida hero. You're a Florida hero. By the way, on the line with us, we have we have a very, very, very popular Floridian, Jesse Ansley, XC2 um, star. By the way, I think you had a lot of us fooled, which you talked about in your Tuesday toolbox when you were motoring around on your uh, your 450, doing some preseason training. We were all kind of like, oh, man, is he making the jump? But, yes, we have Jesse Ansley, FTR star, GNCC star, um, XC3 champion twice. Yeah, twice. In GNCC. So um, Jesse joined us tonight. We're going to talk about his program. We're going to talk about the first round of the GNCC and just kind of get to know Jesse. And we appreciate you being with us tonight, Jesse, and taking the time and uh, um, take, making some time for us. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, race season, so uh, everything's kind of picking it back up. Media's picking back up. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, my favorite part of the year. We have a very serious first question for you, though. We were just having this discussion. Do you remember a couple of years ago when uh, Walker Fowler wore his jersey to the Tampa Supercross and took a whole bunch of heat? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. No one can forget that. <laughs> so the question is, you sell merch, and NJ is wearing his own hat tonight. That We feel like that's acceptable. Would you ever walk around with your own jersey on? Um, my own jersey, probably not. Um. Yeah, probably not my own jersey. I mean, obviously at the track is a, it's a different thing. But um, as far as merch, for sure, I'd, I'd definitely rock my merch. Uh, kind of promote that stuff. But uh, yeah, as far as the jersey, that's a that's a no for me. Okay, we're just we were curious because yeah. what what got us up on that? We were talking about something before we went live. Oh, I remember? What yeah, we were, we were about. talking about like oh, we'll ask we'll ask our guests because you have the potential to be in situations yeah. where where that could be possible. Yeah, I mean, I think his reasoning was for the kids, which, I mean, at that point, you really can't argue. Nope. No, um, nope. You just shut it down but, real uh, quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I would do a lot, you know, for uh, to encourage kids or, or whatever the case was. I, I can't really re remember why he did it for the kids, but, um, yeah, I mean, at that point, uh, yeah, it's like he was kind of too far in the hole. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, he was getting a lot of heat and then he finally came out and said he's doing it for the kids. So 
I think if he would have started off with that, everyone would have kind of just left it alone. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. As far as the jersey goes, no, that's that's a no for me. Now, so so obviously you mentioned your own merch. Do you want to let everybody know where they can get that at? Yeah, it's pretty easy. Um, as far as the website goes, it's just my name, jessehansley.com. And uh, we try to keep the merch in stock. We've been kind of out recently because we're trying to do, um, obviously, we transitioned from KTM to Cowie. So the image from last year's t-shirt has to change. So we've been uh, working on a new t-shirt design, which should drop soon, next mm-hmm. week or two. So I'm hoping to have them done by Florida GNCC. I think uh, a lot of local fans and stuff will uh be supportive and uh yeah it'd be cool to see everyone wearing some ja merch at florida gncc yeah absolutely so talking about that ktm to cowie switch you want to run us through that a little bit yeah i mean it all kind of started um you know i knew i wanted to change in my um in my program and uh, i just had a really good opportunity with cowie and um you know I, i heard a lot of uh good rumors about the, you know, how good the Cowie was. And, uh, we have some pretty good connections with Cowie and, uh, yeah, this was like, if we're going to do it, now's the time to do it. I've been with KTM for a really long time, but, uh, yeah, just like everything. I mean, especially at this level, everything's kind of business and mm, the right business decision for myself was the, to move on. And, uh, Cowie, I landed up, you know, with a support ride and a little bit of help with Cowie. So, so far, the bike's been really, really good. I've been uh, really liking it. Like you guys mentioned, I was on a 450 this winter. And uh, and you looked really yeah. damn good, man. You you were riding that thing smooth, real smooth. Thank you. Yeah, I think uh, the second day I was on it, it tossed me down pretty good. And I think from that day forward, I was like, okay, I got to respect the 450 and, and just use uh, the power that it uh, provides. And I got really used to it, and I actually really started uh, enjoying riding it. And then, obviously, for XC2, we got to go to 250. So I jumped on a 250 and rode it four times before the last race. And, um, yeah, mid-rate through the race, I'm like, man, I'm lugging it way too much. You know, I got to be higher RPM. So I never hit the rev limiter one time on the 450. And uh, I was finally starting to, to, you know, ride the 250 like it should be ridden later on uh in the race so yeah the cowie's good i really like it yeah real quick on the on the transition from ktm to cowie and i know you're getting support while you were going through that process was there any potential of other brands were there was there any talk of a yamaha beta sherco honda anything like that or or were you pretty sold on the cowie from the start um i definitely talked to a couple manufacturers um but at the end of the day, like when I first started thinking about switching, uh, Cowie came to mind at first. Um, but I really didn't know the potential, right? I mean, like I said, it's it's kind of a business decision. So if you're not going to get any support, there's really no reason to to pursue that that manufacturer. And so I did talk to you know, I had Cowie in mind at first, and I, and I talked to a couple manufacturers, and um, finally. I was just like, you know what, I just need to ask Cowie. And I got some contacts there, and next thing you know, the uh, Sarasota Power Sports was like, hey, we have a couple of Cowies. And I was like, well, let's not talk about it, let's do it. So, uh, yeah, once I sold my KTMs, and uh, 
we were ready to go uh, pick up some cowies. So awesome. that's kind of how, how yeah. that went. Well, you look good on the transition. On another business note, you talked about the business side of it. You've been with KTM with different levels of KTM for a while. And how do you go about getting rid of all of your KTM stuff? Like you have gear and uniforms and shirts and bags and how does that what do you do just throw it away or give it away or what do you do with it yeah i mean we definitely had a huge stockpile of ktm stuff and uh i mean i still have a ton of stuff and um uh, i was fortunate enough to um you know have that stuff provided to me so i'm not really the type of person to like try to sell that stuff and i mean it is mine but if i could help out somebody um if i could help out somebody if they are in a pinch and need something like it's really nothing, you know, I don't really think twice about, you know, giving them my resources as well. Like I have it here, but, um, yeah, as far as like, uh, merchandise and everything, I just put them in, uh, you know, like the team clothing, I just put them in a, uh, weatherproof, uh, time capsule, I guess. And, uh, just have it in storage. So when I'm 50 years old, I can look back and, and, uh, reminisce about the good old days. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't, uh give out my helmets and i try not to give out uh too many sets of gear and like team clothing and stuff just because uh yeah it's uh all we have at the end of our life is memories so yeah i want to hang on to them as, as as much as possible awesome yeah hey let's talk about this weekend um first round new bike kind of your your own program and you started out in union south carolina and i I was looking at results or looking at live scoring and you were, you were in 11th and then you were in 11th and then you got started crawling up and I, then you finished eight, not a bad start to the year. I don't think. No, it, it was good. Um, like you said, I was back there in 11th, uh, kind of like the same old story from last year. I think, um, I did have, um, I did have more fight in me than last year. I think like, uh, last year I would just let it, discourage me a little bit and I would just kind of hang back there um but this year like I got a good start just got pumped up and it wasn't because I was like overriding or anything I was just I don't know I just got pumped up and um once I reset I was like all right let's uh move forward and I was just getting pit boards you know like minus 45 and then minus 30 and then I'll catch you know one person and pass them and then the next pit board okay minus 45 again and I would just I was just clicking off you know one rider at a time and just trying to make my way you know as, as far as I could obviously I'm losing so much time that like the top five is is way out of reach for me but um I just need to you know have better control of my first couple laps and I think you know even if I'm you know, seven, eight by the end of lap two, then I know that I can keep crawling my way up to the top five. I mean, I'm in really good shape. Um, and like, it's just something about those last laps that like, even if it's for eighth place, like I will die trying to pass you. It, it doesn't, yeah. it just doesn't matter. How do you, how do you, you talked about you were, you know, you had a rough start and you started climbing your way up. And I think it's awesome that you look at those times and you see you're making progress. How do you do that reset? And I ask because I'm not nearly as good of a rider, but I used to get arm pump real bad. And then when I would fall, my arm pump went away and I rode great the rest of the race. So how does someone like you who you can feel like, man, I'm just not riding. How do you reset on the bike and, and start off and start clicking it off? 
Oh, uh, there's a couple different ways. Um, luckily, I've had the opportunity to work with Steve Hatch, and um, the one biggest thing I've taken away from him is like, you know, when you make a mistake or something happens, it's like you just have to forget about it right then. And he always uses the analogy of just pull a tear off, and um, I mean, even if it's even if it's mentally pull a tear off, you just you're you're resetting, you're leaving it in the past. I mean, if you fall and you get back up and you ride a turn or two. Like that falls already happened. And there's no reason to think about it anymore. So, um, I just, I just think about like the next, you know, next section, next straightaway, next corner, and like eventually, I, you know, in the moment, I'm like, you know, trying to get my pump to go away, and then once I get it to go away, then it's like, okay, let's hit this section better or, or better, and let's get to this next guy. And, and once you start like catching people, then it's like obviously super easy to motivate yourself because you're like, okay, the next guy, the next guy. And, and, you know, it's, uh, unfortunately I'm like pretty good at it at this point of like going from the back and trying to work my way up as far as I can. But, uh, I think, you know, when I do get the arm pump stuff figured out and like I get the first two or three laps figured out of the race, like all this struggle will help me when I'm in that top five situation, you know, come yeah. lap four and five that i'm just gonna be like oh well i can go get third yeah. like right now i'm back there in 10th and it's like okay now i'm finishing seventh and eighth because i'm going forward so when i'm like fifth come lap three or four i know mentally like okay i can go to third like that's yeah. just i don't know it's pretty messed up like my mind is is pretty jacked right now when it comes to that but uh i'm just really looking forward to uh to figuring it out yeah, I got a question on that too because you've done, you've had some awesome results in enduros, and they're broken into segments. So yeah, it's weird. It's and I'm only asking because I've, I've try, I try to figure this stuff out for myself too. But it's weird to me that you are so you're you're good in the enduros in those segment in those segmented events. But you talk about how you struggle in the first two or three laps in a GNCC. Is there? Can you not bring that mindset of the enduro into the 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 hair scramble style thought process? Yeah, I mean, um, we've thought of everything. I mean, like you said, I um, I kill it in enduros. I mean, I'm looking at my number one plate from 2021 National Enduro Pro Two, and uh, it's just like that reset. I think um, you know, I pump up at the beginning, and I mean. I don't think I ever went one race where I went all six test wins um, just because like the first test, of course, I'm like kind of struggling. And then, you know, I've won, I'm pretty sure I've won a couple of races where I've went, you know, five out of six test wins. Just can never get that first one. And it's cause I get pumped up and I just don't ride very good. Then once I like stop and reset and I'm like, Oh, okay. I know how to ride a dirt bike again. <laughs> And same thing when it comes to like the sprint enduro format is like the first couple tests, I wasn't very good, just still like timid. Once I got loose, it was like, you know, uh, I was trying, uh, you know, to, to gain as much as I lost or, you know, gain more than I lost the first couple of tests. But, um, yeah, I mean with, even at FTR, I still get pumped up, but luckily like down here, um, I'm, you know, really fortunate to be on a, on a different level than the guys down here. So when I get pumped up, it's, I just kind of ride around and get, get rid of it. And then I just keep racing and no one really sees that, um, down here just because, you know, like if, 
if I can sprint the first 15 minutes and get a minute lead, I can just maintain that for, you know, a lap or two. And no one even knows the difference that I'm either gaining or losing time. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, I will make mention that we aren't live. We filmed these beforehand. We post them next okay. day or, you know, a couple of days later. So if we need to cut anything out, we can. Um, and I go oh, into, perfect. yeah. Perfect. And I go into, I say that because of this next question, if you don't want to answer it, we can cut it out. No big deal. But I did want to kind of talk about the transition from riding on a factory supported team to then running your own privateer program and then to now this. So if you don't mind walking us through a little bit, you know, share the details that you can. Obviously, don't share the details that you can't. Or if you want to completely ignore it, we can just completely splice it out. That's no big deal. No, I think um, that's a good question. A lot of people, uh, I mean, I do get that question often. And I mean, yeah, being on the on the KTM uh, team, it was, uh, it, it didn't really feel like reality at first. You know, it was like, you know, when I flew out to California and I stepped in the race shop and I saw my bike in the KTM shop, I was like, dang, you know, I would have never thought this was ever going to happen in yeah. my life. And, um, you know, it wasn't like a full factory uh, like program, um, you know, I was still responsible for a lot of stuff. And uh, I mean, I wasn't paying to, to be on it or anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was like, uh, you know, I got a lot of, I got a ton of parts and good bonuses and stuff like that. And yeah, it was a, a really good time in my career. You know, I was only 18, 19 years old and, um, uh, yeah, it was really cool having like a mechanic and, and stuff like that. But as far as now, like that's in the past and, uh, yeah, it's cool that, um, I can kind of run my own program and like, I'm still the same me as I was on, you know, with KTM. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I think, um, I don't know, it's cool dealing with sponsors myself and, you know, it's kind of like, a. it's, in a way it's a little bit more rewarding because I'm the one like having to maintain these relationships with the sponsors. And I'm the one that's like responsible for getting my bike ready. Yeah. And I'm the one responsible for, you know, uh, Taylor obviously is a huge help and she, you know, takes care of the, uh, the travel, like the, the hotels and, yeah. and all the bookings and stuff. And like, it's a, it's a, it's a full time thing. And, uh, yeah, not very many people realize and, like yeah. I was, I was talking to Cole Thompson, uh, like last weekend and he's like, dang, you like do everything. I'm like, yeah, man, I just do it. Cause I love it. You know, yeah. like I'm not, I'm not out here like getting rich or anything. And, uh, I'm just doing it. Like whether I have a ride or not, I know I have a lot of key people that are going to support me either way. And, yeah. um, I just want to do it for as long as I can. Like, obviously I don't want to. I don't want to just be out there for no purpose. Like I still want to do really good and I still want to push myself and, and, uh, try to represent the companies that are helping me out the best I can. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with the situation I'm yeah, in right now. Absolutely. And I have two sub points for that. I, I can also agree with you on the sponsorship side of it. Um, I'm only 18. Well, I say only, I'm, I guess technically an adult now, but, um, but ever since I was about middle school, um, my dad has made me 
you know, get my own sponsors, build those relationships, make resumes, all that stuff. And it's not because he didn't want any part of it. My parents are my biggest supporters when it comes to my race program, but um, he wanted me to learn how to do that and learn how to talk. And, you know, I have my introverts at times, but I also talk somebody's ear off. So um, being able to learn those qualities and skills of um, running your own program and, um, you know, building those relationships, like you said, it also makes it a little bit more meaningful because you have that one-on-one -on -one relationship with this person that you're having to build and have built um, compared to, you know, possibly having to go through a team to be able to get to these sponsors. Um, and then my second sub point to that, well, actually I have three sub points, so just bear okay. with me. My second yeah, sub point um, is in that transition phase. And I know that you were having some health issues at some point, like, um, the wildest thing to me was when I watched the Hoosier race vlog, I think it was from 2021 and, um, whoever edited your race clips, that race got you throwing up your drink coming out of pro row or going into pro row or something. And, you know, I just thought that was the craziest, wildest thing, but it also showed your determination in that, in you know, in this moment and showing, how much you care about racing, obviously, how much you want to succeed to continue to ride through that. Um, but where I'm going with that, was there ever a time that you thought about just hanging up the boots and getting out of it? Um, not like any, I mean, I think we all question it, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just like, uh, it's just part of the, the sport. And like, you're obviously going to have your lows and you're, you're going to have your highs at yeah. some point. But, um, I've never like seriously thought about it. Like, um, this board is just way too much damn fun to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You, you know, you're, you're laying there like, uh, you know, I've broken a few bones and it's just like, you're like, you know, screw this. This is dumb. And then, you know, like when I got surgery and I finally came off the drugs, I'm like, all right, I need to do this and this so I can get racing this weekend. And this and that, and like, yes, I don't know. And even with the hardship of like putting your own team together, you know, when you get like, you know, you, uh, you get turned down by yeah. a company or, or whatever the case is, you're just like, man, like I really thought like, you know, I put a good resume together and I like, I, I have all these numbers and all this stuff, but it's like, I mean, it's just like, if you're talking to a girl and she tells you, no, you're not going to you know, you're just going to be forever alone. Yeah. You know, you just, you got to get back up and you got to, you know, talk to more people. And it's the same, the same thing with the sport. It's like, you know, one company tells you no, and you go to the next company and they offer you a small salary. You know, it's yeah. just like it. And yeah, I mean, um, not to get off the subject or anything, but yeah, I, I really never seriously thought about it. You know, I, I just like it too much. And even if I was going to, quit racing like at a professional level it's still you know race locally and yeah have fun. absolutely and you don't have to worry about going off the subject um in our intro it's beyond the curve mx podcast goes off road but it's also goes off topic a lot so um okay you, you okay. don't have to worry about that yeah, at that's all a good, that's um, a good podcast for me then yeah because we uh we like sometimes we talk about imsa races sometimes we talk about sports i mean we're we're all over the board so you don't have to worry about that 
Um, but my last sub point for this topic is, was there ever a time or maybe even currently um, that you've had to go back to, obviously you're racing, you're training, you're working on this stuff, but have you ever had to go to work like an actual, not nine to five job? Cause there's a lot of, you know, especially after COVID, there's not really nine to five anymore, but have you ever had to go work for somebody or maybe work for yourself, but actual quote unquote work? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, this is a subject that a lot of people really don't know, but, uh, I mean, shoot, sometimes I wish I could do a nine to five because, uh, yeah, working for family, it's a full time, full time thing. But, uh, I mean, just to start off with like 2019, uh, I just won, uh, my second XC3 championship and I was pushing really hard for a salary, you know, just because like the bonuses were good, but I mean, I was getting older. Like I was getting into XC2 and like there was no salary. So I was like, all right, well, I have to do something, right? So um, I just started working construction and I mean, those were like some of my longest days of my life. Yeah. Just because for one, I hated it. And um, two, I mean, they were just long days. I mean, I was getting like 70, 75 hours a week. It was like insane. So I did that during the winter and then finally I was like, okay, I need to start riding if I want to do any type of good this year, I need to start riding and stuff. So, um, luckily like they were cool about it. They like knew my situation and stuff. They were like family friends and, um, mm-hmm. let me do my thing. And then, uh, when COVID happened, I went back there was no racing and stuff. And I was like, okay, I don't get my per diem. I don't get any bonuses. Yeah. So I went back, worked all through COVID. Um, and, uh, that was kind of like, that was kind of it for that. It was just like, I knew that, I didn't want that to be my lifestyle. And, um, I mean, I was making pretty decent money, but it was like all the guys that I was working with had like, you know, their stories of back in my day. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I don't want to be those. I don't want to be that type of guy. And, uh, so I was like, yeah, I'm out. And, um, that's when I moved North and I was just like racing locals and just kind of getting by, just able to pay my bills, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just uh, just hoping that I would get weekend money just so I can pay my phone bill and get to the next race, you know. And uh, but now that I'm back home, I'm just uh, I'm kind of like the shop boy for Tom. Yeah. Here at the at the shop, and um, yeah, I mean, some days it's like I don't have anything to do and I can really focus on my stuff, and then some days it's like I'm here a long, long time. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't get to do any of my stuff, so it's a good balance, I think. And, uh, just trying to set myself up better for the future. It's like, um, you know, luckily I have some really, really good sponsors on board this year. And, um, you know, I like, I'm able to make it to, to most of the race or, you know, all the races and everything like that with their support. Yeah. But you know, it's like the racing does come to an end one day and I just want to make sure that I'm in a really good spot. Um, you know, in life, you know, um, so when I do finally decide, hey, I'm done racing, then yeah. it's not like a, a wake-up call. I want to make sure I have all my ducks in a row and, and be in a good position for myself and and my family. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know a lot of, you know, a lot of people don't think about that, especially kids my age, you know, they're, they're go, 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 go. Well, eventually, I mean, unfortunately, this is a young man's sport. You don't see the... Tom Brady's who are in it for 
years and years to come, just using Tom Brady as an example because we were already talking about him. But um, it is a young man's sport, which we do see that tide changing a little bit, uh, especially on Supercross and Motocross. I mean, the guys are are getting older. But do you see yourself being in the industry forever, almost like a – I'm sure you know him. Everybody knows him. Like a Johnny G where, you know, I mean, not saying you got to race for – 27 28 years however long he was in xc1 but at least being like a almost like a brand ambassador like he is for yamaha and gbc where he's still able to go to every race he's getting paid to go to every race but obviously he's just not racing anymore yeah i mean obviously that's like one of the so-called dream jobs of our sport is like you know you put in the hours and you get those relationships and then after they're you're done racing you uh you kind of hope that a company kind of takes you under their wing and then mm-hmm. gives you a position like that. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he has long and hard days that he doesn't want to do, but he also is still in the sport, still relevant. Um, you know, I don't know about this year, but you know, he does the racer TV commentating and stuff. Yeah. And like, that would be super cool. Um, you know, I think like, yeah, um, I still want to be in a sport. Like I said, this sport is, is way too fun just to be like up and out, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, there's some people that like the limelight and there's some people that don't. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of 50 50 either way. Like, uh, I see, um, I guess I provide entertainment to people. And I guess with the vlogs and just, you know, um, uh, the opportunity I've been given for like, you know, racing locally and, and being, you know, one of the better ones to race in Florida, you know, and so when people come and they want to talk to me and stuff, I think that's super cool. And I would never like, you know, turn it down or anything. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, if I got offered a brand ambassador, you know, position, it would obviously, I would need to think about it, you know, the, you know, depending on what it was, but, uh, yeah, I mean, to go to the races, not have to put your life at risk, still be around the sport yeah. and uh, go race and ride whenever you want and have fun would be pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to take up any more of your time. I I had another question, but I'd like to get you on maybe like mid-season, kind of a mid-season update. Um, yeah, for sure. But, maybe come on and talk about some good news. Yeah. 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 Um, but what I want to do is we, t- we started off talking about kids in a funny way about Walker Fowler, but you do – actually some cool stuff you do some camps and you went to this uh all the way across a daggum country race um down in panama was it panama and tell me about you you talked about being in florida you are you're a legend in florida and you're you also race nationally how do you use that with your camps and helping the kids and and that is such a big thing because i'm old so i'm I'm not, I'm not growing the sport. You're able to grow the sport by helping these young people do that. How, how is it is that enjoyable? Is it stressful? Is it just something fun to do? Does it help pay the bills? That kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, all of the above, like it's obviously um, super cool and I, I love doing it. Obviously it is stressful, like planning dates and when races get canceled and rescheduled and you have dates and commitments and you're like, shoot, now we got to change. And like, it is, a, it is work. And um you know with with anything like it's it is stressful but um as far as the kids the kid camps go but i have a really good team um with uh camp lingua they uh they really do 
uh, stand-up job of, you know, kind of taking care of a lot of stuff um, when it, when a lot of stuff needs to be taken care of. But, um, yeah, I mean, as far as the, the youth program goes, like, um, I started off just like anybody else, right? I was in PVC. I, mean, I don't even think I got top 10 my first couple of races. You know, I was just like one of those kids. And growing up, I obviously like had heroes and um, like I will never forget when I was in 65 class, like Charlie Mullins came to one of the FTRs and uh, we knew someone that knew him. And like, obviously I was like a huge Charlie fan and I'll never forget that he like took one morning to, to like talk to us and give us some jerseys and we got some photos and stuff. And like, I'll never forget that ever. And uh, I've also looked at the people that now, like, I just don't gel with. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't ever want to be that kind of person, you know, yeah. like, uh, luckily, I'm pretty mentally strong. And um, like, I just never want to be that type of person where, you know, these kids look up to me. And then when they find out, you know, who I, you know, so-called real, you know, the yeah. real person, like, I don't want them to be disappointed. I want them to be like, man, I was, you know, he was so good. And he was so cool. And like, he is the reason why I'm here today, because like, I look up to him. And like, that's really what heroes are for you like look up to him because you want to be like that. so like I want to be that example like I mean I just look at Travis Pastrana you know like crazy legend but like he as far as I know he's like super encouraging and like he yeah. is a great guy so like for like FTR people like the kids and stuff I try to like get on the starting line and I you know you know try to interact with you know most of them and like you know, hopefully in, you know, 20 years, they're on the double A line doing the same thing. Yeah. Like that's, uh, that's kind of my goal with it is like, I want to grow the sport and I want, you know, the kids that, that look up to me to, to know, like, just because you're better, you know, at something than somebody else doesn't mean that you're in, you know, like your personality is better than them, you know, like everyone, everyone is better than someone at something. And you know, luckily for me, in Florida, like I'm just, I'm good on a dirt bike. You know, yeah, so. yeah, for sure. Well, give us a shout out of your crew before you leave. You've got, you've got actually. I mean, you ride, you ride with an MXGP racer. You run your solo program. You have a wonderful girlfriend who helps you with everything. You've kind of got this like crew. And give us your crew. Tell us your sponsors, and we'll set you on your way that way, and let you enjoy your rest of your evening. Well, you're going to put me on the spot because if I miss anybody, they're going to be calling me tomorrow. You That's can do what, what all the other pros do. Just yeah. say, and I want to thank everybody else, too. Yeah, everybody yeah. else I forgot. Sorry, but. uh. Yeah, but I mean, um, yeah, obviously, like you said, uh, my girlfriend Taylor, she's been um, she's super helpful lately and just trying to, like, you know, do the resume stuff, reaching out to sponsors, making sure everything's good like that. And, um, like, obviously, like, I've had Tom and Ellen by my side since I was, like, at birth, you know, from the hospital, they're just like anything that needs to be done, it gets done. And like, um, you know, we're not like super wealthy, but like when I needed new boots, it's like, okay, we're going to get you boots. And that's just how it was growing up. And now looking back on it, it's like, wow, they like put a lot of time and effort into me and, uh, just to like, just see me do good. And yeah, it's, it's uh, cool that I had that support system and I hope one day, you know, I have kids of my own and I can, 
kind of give that support back. And I think that's why, you know, kind of going back onto the um, kids situation, it's like, you know, you never know what those kids have going on at home. And if they go to the race and all they want to do is talk to you and they just want to see you, it's like, I mean, you can make their whole year. You can make their whole life, really. Just by, you know, being a good example and just showing them a little bit of support that they don't get, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, just like with the dealership, Sarasota Power Sports and the whole My Power Sports group with Jason and Mike, and they've been by my side for a really long time, even behind the scenes when I was with KTM. Like, I was still having to buy my bikes and stuff, and Jason would make sure that I was taken care of, you know, and, yeah, it was just, you know, with uh, WP suspension and everything like that. And, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like a, like a reunion. It's like, you know, everyone that supported me as a kid, we're kind of, you know, coming back. You know, Ronnie's, I've been running Ronnie's graphics for, I think, like 12 years. And it's crazy to think, like, I call him up, hey, I need to set a graphics. And he's like, yeah, ne- next day. Wow. And wow. it's it's cool yeah. to have people like that and um, a part of my program. And, yeah, like, uh, Dan Truman's really helping me out with connections. And, like, he's, he's, uh, he's really good to have in my corner. And, um, yeah, I'm really, really happy to call him a good, good friend. And he uh, makes stuff happen, you know. We have goggle problems. He's on the phone figuring out goggle situations or or whatever the case is you know he's uh he's really good to have in my corner and yeah i mean just with the sponsors products like i have a ton of uh ton of support with you know a lot of people and it's really cool that they see something in me even though even if i don't get good results it's still like you know they still you know ask uh if they need to do anything else and i know it's really cool yeah, really, absolutely. it's really cool to have a supportive group around me, um, whether it's personal or even just business. It's like, um, yeah, you just uh, everyone's has the same goal; they're striving to be better, and whether it's results or or whatever, it's it's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I I want to thank you for taking the time um, to to get on with us and and uh, talking about stuff, and we would love to get you back on. Just to talk about the year, maybe you know after halfway, maybe during the summer break. Uh, I know that's a little past halfway, but yeah. But uh, and for what you do for the kids in Florida and and the excitement you give us old people to watch someone go really fast out in the sand the sand hills here in in Florida is is fun. But uh, good luck. Uh, what is what does prep look like for next weekend? Um, luckily we don't have much prep because uh. <laughs> Like you just said, I mean, I'm local, so I know what the sand's like, and uh, yeah, right now, my only focus and prep is trying to get this uh, arm pump stuff figured out, um, because yeah, if I, uh, if everything goes smooth in Florida, we should have a really good result, so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's cool. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing all the local fans out there, and um, yeah, just, uh, just trying my best in front of the home crowd, you know. Now, quick question before before we let you go, talking about the arm pump stuff. Do you have any take on the there? There's two sides of this coin. the The products that say they're they're gonna fix your arm pump, like I'm, I'm you know, the forearm strong. Yeah. Right? Or um, and then also the other side of it. Um, do you have any take on the arm pump surgery that's out there to fix arm pump? Um, well, I've 
probably tried every single thing besides the surgery, and I still got arm pumped. So that can answer anybody's question. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, if something worked, then I would definitely be on it, right? I mean, yeah. No one likes getting arm pump. I think, um, I don't know, the surgery thing, like I'm not a huge fan of surgery. Like, obviously, uh, it's very helpful. But uh, I, tr- I try to, like, I'm trying to figure this out without doing the surgery. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, I mean, obviously it's time and a lot of money. But, um, yeah, I've heard really good things about the surgery. People say, oh, yeah, it's the best thing I've ever done in my life. I've also heard people say it was amazing until I got it again. And, yeah. like, I- I'm the type of person where I think my body is really good at healing itself. Yeah. And they would heal back. And my body would say, oh, my gosh, you should be so thankful I'm healed already when that's the complete opposite of what we actually need to do. And it doesn't need to heal at all. Yeah. So that's tough. I'm kind of I don't know. I've really been thinking about it lately. But it's obviously like we're in the midst or we're just started the season. Yeah. So it's not like I can do it anytime soon. So, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, it's a some people get it really bad like myself and some people don't get it at all. So, yeah. It's, uh, for it's sure. one of those different battles. Well, Jesse, thank you. Um, Florida Zone, number 328, J.A. Go online, get his, get his merch. Mm-hmm. Go to uh, Palaka, to the Wild Boar. Go camping. Watch some GNCC next weekend. It, it's a party. Yeah. It's a party in the sand. Oh, yeah. And uh, we'll be for out sure there. To su- party. Yeah, we'll be out there to support Jesse uh, next weekend. And uh, take in some Supercross. Come watch some quads. Go watch some gncc dirt bikes and uh we'll talk to you because i i have a lot of other questions because you do ride with a variety of people and and you're you've got some speed so i'm kind of curious as to if there's some other stuff you might want to do but we'll touch on that at another time because we've kept you a long time and i i know that you're a professional athlete and you need your rest (laughs) yeah well once i got the phone i gotta do some bike work but uh yeah, no, it'll be good this summer. We'll get back on, and we'll talk about some stuff. Uh, I should have some stuff up my sleeve here soon. Cool. And uh, maybe we can discuss what's been happening and, and what I've been doing. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Maybe we can get you on a little bit sooner if you get that, that first XC2 win under your belt. Yeah, that would be, uh, be a good week for some for some media. Yeah, that would be great, man. And but... please please do me a favor. Tell Taylor I have not ghosted her. Um situations change we'll, i'll get with her shortly okay yeah no worries yeah <laughs> all right jesse thank you very much for your time thanks buddy all right yeah thank you guys bye have a good night bye. you too guys that was jesse ansley florida's own um great great awesome local racer who has honestly struggled once he got off uh, xc3 he he struggled in the xc2 and you can see there's some health stuff some bike stuff some change of programs and um this is actually a good result to start the season in eight because he's you know as he said i was in 11th where he kind of has been floundering for a while and then he just kept putting it in and and i think the thing that i got the most of is just it's he's been beat up not necessarily physically on a but just beat up mentally yeah and he's still plugging away yeah that just really shows the determination and and like he was saying, the sport's just too damn fun to give up. So yeah. that just shows how much love he does have for the sport. And, you know, um, just, yeah. So if you 
if you guys don't know who that is, like we said multiple times, it's Jesse Ansley. You guys can check him out on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all of the above, and then yeah. obviously check out his merch, which maybe we can convince him to get us a shirt or something that we can maybe hang hang in the backdrop behind us. But uh, yeah, let's get into. I see you holding the paperwork. Let's get into yeah. some U.S. Sprint Girl. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna fly through the results, but we had a lot of racing the past two weeks. Yes. We took we took a two week break because there was no racing, and then all of a sudden there was a whole bunch of racing and. And uh, we kind of base these on whether MJ is racing or not. Uh, a <laughs> couple weeks ago, uh, they did the one of the rounds of the U.S. Sprint Enduro. They're on a break until the end of March now. And I'm going to run through some of the results. It was at the Silverheart Plantation. And uh, Women's Pro, Brandy Richards, Rachel Gudish, Preston Rains, who, by the way, her dad is the Jason Rains, he does all of the Yamaha demos. Mm -hmm. And the funniest thing is, is she's not on a Yamaha. No, not anymore. She's on a Sherco. Yeah. Out of curiosity, if my dad runs the whole thing, wouldn't Yamaha go, hey, man, here's a bike? But no, no, she's on a Sherco. Yeah, they must have. Maybe Yamaha was offering her bike because she's been on Yamaha up until this year. Yes. But maybe Sherco just stepped up i mean we see um uh josh strang moving to yeah. move to Sherco, so maybe they maybe they're trying to make a push this year in the off-road or in the gncc side of things and and maybe they just like jesse said business decisions yeah and i want to say in the fourth fourth place was jordan jarvis for those that don't know jordan jarvis was an up-and-coming woman trying to make it in motocross mm -hmm. uh woman young lady who's been going the route of motocross trying to get up and she's kind of dipping her toe in the in the off-road section so that was day one for the women um men pro two there was jason tino angus reardon we're gonna hear that name or jack edmondson toby cleveland dominic morse and dakota devore pro one these names some of these guys started having really good seasons very early yes Johnny Girard, Liam Draper, Cody Barnes, Craig DeLong, your reigning GNCC champion, yep. Lane Michael, and Josh Toth. Josh Toth. Toth, Toth. Toth. Day two on the women's side, much like the first day. Brandy, Corey, Rachel, Jordan, Preston. Top five. Yep. Jason, Angus, Jack, Dominic, Dakota. Oh, we had a flip-flop. Toby and Dakota flip-flop. Pro one, Johnny Girard, Liam Draper, Craig DeLong, Cody Barnes. Cody Barnes is an XC2 guy this year in GNCC. Yep. Josh Toth and Lane Michael. So they, that was uh, uh, round, what round was that? Round three, round two? Round two. Round two of the U.S. Sprint Enduro Series. We had, that was the only race on the third. We raced... The week before GNCC, we had the NEPG first round, Sumter, yep. which is ironic that they raced in South Carolina and South, South Carolina. Carolina. But, you know, women, the women's class, top top 10 women, so pro women. Yep. Rachel Archer, the defending GNCC champion, trying out her new Kawasaki. Which was also a very big change in the offseason. And just happens to win by two minutes yep. on her new Kawasaki. Yep. And then Rachel Gudish, 
Shelby Turner, Jocelyn Barnes, Brooke Cosner. Um, the weather looked great. The track looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, we went up there last year. It was a little damp, but this year it looked looked nice. Looked yeah. looked good. Track looked it's it's cool because it's not mountainous, but it's got rolling hills. And actually, last year on my GPS, we did seven thousand feet of climbing throughout really? the day. Elevation just, throughout the but day, just throughout the day, just you know, up and down hills. But if you think about the course, that's a lot of climbing over a period of time. I agree. I mean. 7,000 feet of elevation, I think. It's over a mile. Yeah, but snowshoe. Yeah, so I'm trying to think of how high snowshoe is. So think about how many feet of elevation yeah. you're doing that race. But yeah, just over. Pro 2, um, Grant Davis, uh, Nathaniel Tasha, Nicholas Defoe, and Toby Cleveland uh, round out. Well, Thorn, Thorn Devlin rounded out your top five in Pro 2. In Pro 1. You had Ryder Lafferty making who's who's been kind of an enduro guy. He's making his yeah. debut for uh, in in XC one this year. He took the win with Stuart Baylor with his ever growing Kawasaki team. Yes, uh, it, you know it's crazy. Archer wins on his team. He finished second. Uh, Thad Duvall making his debut finished sixth in in Pro one. But you had I mean it's good great names. Lafferty, Stuart Baylor, Johnny Gerard, Ricky Russell, Josh Toth, and Thad Duvall were your top six in the Pro 1. That set the kind of like, okay, we see these guys. They're yeah. ready. Which leads us to this weekend, which we had the first round of the GNCC in Union. Like I said, we had round six, I think, of FTR. By the way, FTR Saturday, weather was absolutely Gorgeous. Quads and the uh, young kids and the bikes, they all kind of had a great day. Sunday, not so pretty. But we're not going to talk too much about that because, like I said earlier, I'm so proud of the club for what they did. I am so proud of the riders in the morning that went out and slogged through. And, man, the afternoon riders for trying to race that track. Yes. Unbelievable. But, Brutal. But uh, great Great. We're going to talk more about that with Jason tomorrow, but I want to talk about the GNCC because do we say you were a part of it? You were there? I was there. <laughs> I mean, not, not, I'm not, I'm not trying to make light, but you no, start I mean, the season, you get ready to go and <clears throat> so what I happened? Mean, what happened? At the end of the day, all you can do is make light of the situation. You can't change it. You know, I mean, there's, there's really nothing you can do. It was an electrical issue. And, uh, if anybody has an EFI bike that has had an electric issue, then you know how hard they are to fix and how they just like to rear their head at random points. Um, so uh, new quad going into this year, the GNCC, and uh, go to take it to the trailer, and it is misfiring and in lit mode. We thought we got it fixed on Friday. Go to go to the line Saturday. Same thing. It is misfiring, goes into limp mode. So I hightail it over to Santo Derisi's trailer, and it is now 9.40 when bike work starts. We are we start – now, mind you, this isn't a normal GNCC. It's got the split schedule, yeah. kind of like Ironman. So my race starts at 10. So um, we hightail it over there, and just a humongous, humongous props to uh, uh, 
um, Garisi Racing, Santo and James, they were on it in a heartbeat, and they stayed on it all the way until about 10.30 when we finally, we could not get the gremlins worked out, and so we finally just said, screw it. You know, it's not going to hurt it to, because that's the whole point of limp mode is so that it doesn't hurt it. Mm -hmm. So we said, screw it. I need to go out and get a lap so I can at least salvage some points. Of course, I finished last. I started a lap down. I literally came out behind the guy, um, behind one of the guys in my class. I came out onto the, or behind the finish line um, to start that lap and uh, did the, the fastest lap of the race at about an hour and two minutes that that lap was and uh just got the one lap in so we could salvage some points and we've already got parts on order um santo's got it up in north carolina at his shop and man they are hard at work trying to get it all figured out i mean we're we're swapping coils plugs wiring harness i mean we're doing the entire nine yards to this bike to uh to make sure it is prepped and ready to go in florida and guess what if it's not prepped and ready to go in florida I got my Florida specific built bike down here and uh, down here in the garage that's a hundred yards away from me that I can go race and um, you know so so we'll be ready to go no matter what for uh, for round two but if we want to jump into this, some ATVs real quick let's we'll... talk about the people that finished that was mean <laughs> wow wow so uh, we'll yeah. we'll how jump about, into ATVs the with the people that finished people that finished yes um. So like the uh, like you did with the Enduro, we'll start off with the WXC. So Jessica Elioff taking the win pretty convincingly. Um, that is your reigning champion uh, for the WXC class on the ATV side um, with right under a minute lead. So um, looks like she is going to be hard to catch this year. But I will say some pretty tight battles all um all the way down the list with Chloe Harper taking second and Hannah Hunter taking third. Um, now I will say Chloe Harper started to come on pretty strong at the back half of last year. Um, she made the switch from Honda to Yamaha mid season at the summer break. And once she got on that Yamaha, she was, she was hard to beat. So um, I think that'll be a good, good race. And just looking at, obviously you guys can't see that, but if you go on their website, you'll see, just a very healthy WXC class with 13 entrants. Yeah, um, that is the highest number I've seen in a while um, with a lot of new faces. I know um, Malaya Crump is a new one. I believe uh, – I don't want to say McKenna Broodley, Broodley. I think she was in it last year maybe. But um, I know Malaya Crump. Uh, Haley Fowler, Anna Nicely. I know they are all new to the class this year. I'm sure I'm missing one or two, but timeout for yep. the newbie. She's the champion. Jessica Elioff is the champion. Why does she run number four eighteen? Because in the AM race, um, the four by four pro gets the um. one because at the end of the day, it's based off an of overall result. Uh. So if you go down um, the line. A lot of them have one built into their three-digit number, uh, okay. and if they don't, then they will once they have the number one. Uh, because what they do is they have like so she has like four eighteen, but it's four and then a big one and then eight. Uh, okay. So she's still technically number one, but she's not number one on paper. Um, so like you can see here, Cody Collier, 
reigning number, uh, yeah, four by four pro champion. He does have the number one. Okay. Um, so jumping into four by four pro, we didn't have all the familiar faces with Landon Wolf being out this race. Um, he did go into the season saying he wasn't going to run all the races this year, but when the races he does run, I believe he is going to be a um, he's going to be a mixer. I think he's going to get into the mix and and kind of kind of throw his weight around a little bit. I mean, he is multi-time four by four pro champ. So is he going a different direction, or is he? I think he's just starting to focus on life. He's got yeah. a kid and. Um, I think he's just trying to, like Jesse was saying, kind of set his life up going, yeah. I mean, he's not a spring chicken, but he's also not, you know, but Cody Collier taking the win by just under two minutes over Florida's own Brandon Frazier. Um, I will say Brandon was saying the bike itself was working great, but they just missed the suspension setup this week. Um, so, but I will say the last lap, two miles to go. He had a nasty crash. Um, so basically, there's a rock on an incline. And the way the skid plate is on the 4x4, or on most of them, is the skid plate. So here's your bumper. Here's the underneath of the quad. The skid plate kind of runs up the bumper. So what the skid plate did is it used that rock as a ramp. And so it literally did a backflip. And he landed flat on his back. I mean, he's all bruised up and everything, and the bike landed flat on the ground and completely bent his bars up, um, tore the front end all up, broke his dash into pieces, um, bent a rear trailing arm in the rear. Now, the people on the podcast won't be able to see it, but I can show you a picture. This is how he was riding those last two miles with his bars in his lap, his throttle facing the ground. Um, both brake lines were ripped out of the master cylinder, so he didn't have any brakes. Um, he said there were multiple times that he, because he couldn't steer, he was having to reverse off of trees and stuff because he just couldn't make the turn because his, wow. his bars just wouldn't allow him. So to still finish second place over, what's that, over 10 seconds in front of third place, you know, that's a hard-fought ride right there. But also – um congratulations to Hayden Mickelson on third like uh good to see him start off the season good usually he starts off the season a little slow and towards the end he starts catching fire like uh that happened last year and then we saw that Ironman he finished second right behind Brandon but um same thing like WXC a lot of new faces in this in this uh class this year you have Brandon Reed who or excuse me Braden Reed who finished fifth in his first ever uh pro class race and then Caden Wharf um, who finished ninth, but unfortunately he did have a crash that took him out of the race. They were actually thinking um, femur growth. Um, now, turned out to be not true, but just the results of the crash, I believe what happened is he caught a tree, yanked it, and it, the bars went straight into his oh, femur, and a, it was swelling immediately, so they um, thought break. So we'll try and move through these a little bit quicker because I know I've been talking a long time about that, but um, XC2. That's a big group. Um, that was yes, a big group. 24 riders in the XE2 class. Now, um, the, there is only one winner. That that winner was Alex Thiemann. He took the win by right about 30 seconds. Um, Grayson Eller getting second and James Glotta getting third. Now, Alex Thiemann, he's a rookie. First year in the class. So where did he, did um, he come from? He came from College A. College A, okay. Now, um, 
Grayson Eller, he rides for the Phoenix Racing Honda team. Um, I'd actually love to have him and some of the Honda, or I guess they're Phoenix Racing Yamaha on the quad side. <laughs> but um, I'd love to get him or uh, him and his dad on one night um, just to kind of talk about the team and stuff. So maybe we can work in that in the future. But um, tight battle between him and James Glotta coming in at under a second. Um for, for the second place position with Tavin Cook, who's also a rookie in this class, finishing fourth. Um, only about five-ish seconds behind that battle. And I know Tavin had a pretty bad start, I think almost a last place start, and he had to work his way up. So I'd be excited to see what he can do um, with, a, with a good start. Any of, the new, any of the new guys in this class that – they need to get their feet feet kind of settled in. Do you see anybody making any moves that you can think of that, that came from maybe the, the college A classes or have stepped up? So I see um, Alex Elioff is one of those. I believe he was running like junior A maybe, um, who is husband to Jessica Elioff. So they there is relation there. Okay. Um, which both of them crazy fast riders. But, I mean – a lot of veterans in this class, but also we have Logan Huff, who is he works for Fast Company. He's all, he's actually my flex bar or my Fast Company rep. So shout out to him coming over from the West Coast, yeah, because um, they're a, obviously a West Coast company. Got 18th. He's still getting his feet wet. He's told, he's telling me this. I think this is maybe his third or fourth race on the East Coast, and um, so is he so, going to be shipping back and forth to do? I think so. So what he's doing is he's keeping his bike over. He's got a, a GNCC bike that he's keeping on the East Coast. And then basically he they got home from the track Saturday night. He cleaned his quad, cleaned his gear. And then Sunday morning, I mean, like the dedication to that guy. Obviously, yeah. he wants to come over here and do them because he's, you know, they're getting home 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. He's still cleaning his bike, cleaning his gear so it's ready for next race. And he's flying out Sunday morning. Wow. So. Um, but yeah, um, cool to see Gabriel Nod still coming over here. He's from um, Quebec. Yeah, so um, it's cool to see. Obviously, he had some. I'm gonna assume a mechanical issue, only getting two laps in. But you know, you see it a lot on the bike side. Like you'll get into that here in a little bit with um, New Zealand and yeah. Australia and stuff. But it's cool to see some quad guys coming over. Now to the big boys here. The champ is still the champ. The champ is still the champ, ending right where he left off. Bryson Neal taking the win. But here is my biggest point, and I'm honestly really proud of this guy. Um, I don't really know him personally, but I've just followed him throughout the years. I mean, I remember when we're talking about Josh Merritt here, who finished second under a minute. No, excuse me, under a minute and a half behind Bryson Neal, which is not a not an easy feat, but I remember Josh Merritt, I think the first year Wild Boar was a GNCC race. So this is like 2015, 2016. We're in pro day or pro opening ceremonies. He's two wheeling his quad, goes to wheelie it, misses the wheelie and crashes during opening ceremonies. Oh. And it was bad. I mean, the quad starts flipping, seat flies off. I mean, so it, it's cool to see him come back from gooning out like that to now finishing second place 
um, over 30 seconds in front of Walker Fowler. Now, I know Walker Fowler had some issues. So did Hunter Hart hitting some some of those jumping trees. But um, it's like he just found something this offseason. I mean, the, he did a race prior at Mideast and, and took the overall win over some of these over some of these XC1 guys who typically would have beaten him. And no offense to you, Josh, but they would have smoked you in the past. So um, now seeing him do so well, you know, it's 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 kind of cool to be able to kind of like Jesse, you know, follow them through the ranks and, and see how they do in the pro. The old guys. One, two, three old guys. Just we got McGill, McClure, and Borch. Yeah. Borch still out. Still I out went there to kicking. Wild Boar last year and watched Borch hang out with his kids. <laughs> like just hanging out. Yeah, he's he's still out there kicking. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of it seems like the dirt bike side, well. Really, all sides, man. They're they're starting to instead of the like I was telling Jesse, it's a young man sport. But I mean, really, times are starting to change, and you're seeing people stay in the class longer. Like I think Bryson Neal turns thirty this year. Um, I think Josh Merritt's right there, about to turn thirty. Walker's over thirty. Obviously, Adams well over thirty, old man. Um, and you got Jared McClure, Chris Sports. You know, one thing I learned this 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 weekend. Chris Borch is turning 41 this year, either yeah, 41 he, or 42. He was he was so good in his time. He was the next guy. Yeah. And it's so funny because he kind of disappeared. Well, he didn't really disappear. He just stopped being the guy. He, he basically when Fowler took over for him. Yeah. And it's so funny because last year, I swear I saw him hanging out at the corner of the track with his kids last year, like watching, yeah. watching the race. And maybe he raced too, but he was just hanging – like it's – it's not what it used to be with the big rig and the whole, it was like, Oh, he's just like a dude now. Yeah. That's what I think I wanted to touch on a little bit, but obviously Jesse had to go get some bike work done. And um, obviously we, we took up almost an hour of his time, but um, kind of like Jesse was saying, you know, these guys are normal guys. They're yeah. just, they just know how to ride a four wheeler or they just know how to ride a dirt bike. So, like he was saying, like there's some guys in the pits he just really doesn't gel with. And I agree with that. It, it kind of frustrates me when, you know, some of these pros on either side, they get to become a pro and then they they just kind of – they just have a different demeanor about themselves, like almost like they're better than you. Well, yeah, you are better than me, but you still put your pants on the same way, one leg at a time like I do in the morning. Like you're still a, a normal guy. So I love when people like – I mean, really, all of these quad guys are are the same are are like that, where they're just humble, down to earth guys. That you know, they just and obviously Jesse's one of them, and there's multiple on the bike side. But that is one thing that you know, if we want to have a hot topic today, that is just one thing that grinds my gears is when you know, like, give me the time of day. You know, like I'm I may not be XC one pro or you know double A at FTR, but you know that doesn't mean that. You can't be seen talking to me because you think I'm lesser than you. But, um, but yeah, that, that that was my quick hot take of the day. But yeah, good, very good racing this weekend. Very fun to watch, especially especially when Bryson Neal and Josh Merritt are out front, and Josh is right on his rear bumper um, for the first lap. But that is all I have for ATV. So, what do you have for uh, for the dirt bike race? Well, we're gonna start off. With the women pro, and uh, much like Bryson Neal, Rachel Archer 
did what Rachel Archer does. Yes. And Rachel Archer won. Um, close race. Close race. Corey Steed. Corey Steed is – that name is kind of becoming synonymous in the ladies mm-hmm. racing. Brandy Richards. Uh, Shel- Shelby Turner. Rachel Gudish. The name that – she finished eighth. Caitlin Lindsay. Because – Kaylin, you have the coolest hometown ever. Beaver Dam, Kentucky. That is, you win, you win, city of the year. Um, Jordan Jarvis, we're, we're, we're contemplating maybe there was something happened because she only got three laps and not a great day for Preston Reigns. But 12 ladies in the pro women's class. There's actually more women pros in the quad side than in the bike side, but great representation. I'm really impressed with, Bike change, defending champion, and to come out and defend yeah. first round Making a on a new bike. Ride. Yeah, it, that that is pretty good. Five-second victory, you know, nothing to sneeze at. Um, it is five seconds, right? A minute and five seconds. No, 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 excuse me. Five no, seconds. you were right. You were right. Five seconds. I'm so sorry. That's okay. I, I did not mean to doubt your expertise. So in the women's side, speaking of you were touching on some of the nationalities, Rachel being from New Zealand, Shelby Turner being from Canada. We jumped to XC2, sorry, with all the different Pro 2. And, you know, <laughs> we got Australia, New Zealand, Chile, Canada, and Argentina in XC2. This is one of the premier off-road series in the world. Um, we, have, we have World Enduro. We have different things. Yeah. But this is... If you want to go off-road racing through the woods, hair scramble-esque, this is You it. come here um, to GNCC. All right, Angus, we're going to mispronounce your name possibly. We think it's Reardon because at one point there used to be a horse that my daughter used to ride whose name was Reardon, spelled exactly the same. If it's not Reardon, we would love for you to correct us and tell us that we're wrong. But Angus, Reardon wins the XC2 class. You've heard that name in some of the results. Mm-hmm. Through other stuff, Liam Draper finishes second. Grant Davis is fin- Grant Davis finishes third. Toth, Toth, Joshua. By the way, can we like just be Josh and GNCC, or do we have to be really formal? And then Toby Cleveland rounded out the top five. Welcome back to Thad Duvall, yeah. also known as Thaddeus. I feel like this is the same thing, like when when it's. Adam Cianciarillo, but on if you look at his AMA stuff, it's Michael Cianciarillo. Yeah. Because he's not Adam. Um, but Thad, welcome back. And on the XC2, I know people are shocked, but hey, he's got a ride. I feel like they would be, back in the day when Hunt and, Hunt and Hart and Huntington first came out, H&H, they, they had smoke machine, dancing girls, different... I feel like Stuart Baylor's team could be that yeah. GNCC. Like, you have Stuart Baylor. You have Thad, who's fun. You have Rachel, who is from Australia, uh, New Zealand. So, I mean, like, fun, a fun country. Like, I yeah. feel like they might have, like, they could maybe do the H&H thing. And yeah. Have, like, the smoke machines and wild music and different things going on. I found out that uh, Stuart Baylor and... Uh, who's the other guy? I was just listening to a podcast. 
they love eating pasta and steak before their things. And they're always told like, I shouldn't, but they, they feel like the steak helps them have more energy later on. And, and yeah, Stu also likes to drink a couple beers too the night before just to loosen get, it get, up. Yeah, just get things loose. But I really, Thad Duvall, I, I don't like the backlash he's getting from being an XE2 rider because nobody can tell me that they would deny a salary ride if it meant they had to go down a class. Well, he also hasn't, it's like, it's like AMA Supercross. If you haven't finished in a certain position for a couple of years or you've been out for a couple, you are allowed to then move back down. So to my knowledge, I believe they changed the rules to now XE3 is pro-am and XE2 is pro. So I think you can make XE2 a career class if you wanted to. Well, now, he asked, And he also, I learned this from Jason, he never defended his title in XE2. Oh. So um, he never defended, but he also has So had, technically he does, no matter what the rule is, he still has a year of eligibility, I guess. And he has been hurt for two years. Yeah. So he really hasn't been in the position to defend or, or earn the points necessary in XE1. Yeah. And honestly, do we really care? We get to watch that Duvall race. Yeah. Like, just like, be happy for the guy that he didn't crash out in the first round like he has the yeah. past two years. And uh, as we talked about our interview tonight, Jesse Ansley finished eighth, which is – I know there was disappointment, but honestly it's a great first round to prove that he can make his way through. And if he works on his starts and gets his first laps down. But uh, 15 guys in the XC2 class. Cody Barnes um, finished 14th. A lap down, too. I'm going to say I hope there was a problem because – I expect him higher up. Yeah. Looking at the results and some of the the enduro stuff, I, I do expect he's been a top five guy. Um, so I'm I'm guessing there was something that that occurred. Yeah. But but uh, XC one, big dogs. Johnny Gerard, he's had a pretty good getting ready. Yeah, uh, and obviously it worked because here we are, yeah. first place. Yep, and uh, it's, it's still weird to me looking at like you see factory KTM. You look at factory KTM, no matter around the world, and it's Red Bull factory KTM. And I just, I understand that there's bike issues and different things across the board. They're, they've struggled, but it's factory KTM. Hey, other manufacturers, can we kind of like follow suit? And, yeah. And like, why is Stuart Baylor, congratulations, by the way, Stuart Baylor on second place on your own team with Kawasaki. Then your brother on a different Kawasaki team finishes third. Not bad. Two brothers. I wonder, I wonder if that's ever happened before with another brothers. I'm I'm not sure. Getting It'd a kind podium. of be like a jet and uh, Hunter and Hunter thing. Yeah, but an off-road but type thing. Also, Stu Baylor getting the monster ride. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean that is that is pretty cool. Honestly, I'd see Stu as more of like a. I I feel like Red Bull would more go after him. Because he, you know, Red Bull likes that that media attention, yeah. and they like the the people who you know do absurdly different things. And if you look at Stu's physical and mental being, he is definitely very different. So you you think that they would uh, they would go after him, but obviously, congrats to him with the monster ride. But continue on running through uh, fourth, Jordan Ashburn. Uh, Evan Smith finished fifth. Ricky Russell 
That's who it was, Ricky Russell. Ricky Russell likes having pasta and steak. That's I knew it would come to me. Trevor Bollinger. Dante Oliveira, I, I, I'm guessing he's still trying to figure it out. Josh Strang on his new Sherco, not a bad, not a bad start to the season ninth. Uh, Michael Watowski on his Honda. Craig DeLong, the defending champion, rough start, eleventh. Yeah. Uh, Ryder Lafferty, who just came off winning the Enduro, finishes twelfth. Lyndon Snodgrass, even he posted something that hey man. It was a crappy start. We'll figure it out. Riley, I'm going to let you try to pronounce that. Mick, McGill, Ivray? Yeah, I, I, I don't even want to attempt to. Yeah, Riley. Riley McGill, Livray. And then Lane Michaels uh, finished. But all 15 XC1 guys, six laps. Yep, all of them are on the lead lap. And, you know, they may have been 30 minutes apart from first to last. But uh, yeah. seeing them all on the lead lap, no mechanical failures, no injuries, that's that's a great start to the year when you look back on previous years. Yeah, when we, when we can get everybody through, when we can get everybody going. Um, just, I'm actually, I'm not shocked by Johnny Gerard, but he's he's a little he's a little bit of a free spirit, you know. I yeah. Think. Um, who's the guy that's out? He's going to be out for half the season. Ah oh, man, Ben Kelly. Ben Kelly. That's the only one we're kind of missing right now, and I'm kind of curious when we get him back where he's going to yeah fill in, but. Uh, Good first round. I'm glad that we had good weather. Uh, so many times GNCCs, they're always going to have their elements. But it was nice to get a clean race to start the yeah. season. When they come to Florida, we've had lots of rain. So that sand could be packed in a little more. The water holes are going to be the yeah. water holes. Um, wild boar, it's it's kind of the outlier race of the season. Uh, yeah. it's, it's not like any other race. I know that even snowshoes, the the race, but it's still a rocky mountainous track. Uh, so, um, yeah, great, great first race, first round, lots of racing going on. Um, the next one we'll cover is after the Florida round of the GNCC. We will cover that round. Mm-hmm. Um, that will be a busy weekend. We'll have GNCC. There's, there's the Supercross at Daytona. There's the Pro Quad Race mm-hmm. in Daytona. There's the RCMX, which is now a, I think, is it a mini major? Is it a mini major? It might be a mini major. Uh, that would be a Derek question. Yeah. Derek would know that answer. But there's a lot of racing getting ready to happen here in a, in a short period of time. And we're going to focus on the off-road side. The Alligator Enduro was supposed to occur during bike week, but it has, because of the ground yeah. saturation, it had to be moved. Um, so the Alligator Enduro will not happen on bike week for the first time in a really Years. long time. So we're going to cover that, but um, support MJ Adonis and the five. I do like the color scheme. It did come out very good. And really, tonight was really about getting Jesse and, and getting to talk with him. And I want to thank you for setting that up. I, I really appreciate that. It's our first live interview. Yeah. And um, like I said, tomorrow night, I'm going to have Jason on to discuss some of the goggle technologies that and different things going on in the off-road world um that you and i don't really dive into but yeah I, we have someone that does and he's very good at it and um anything else no yeah just a big thank you to jesse and yeah i know we've talked about summer break but hopefully i have high hopes that we can get him on before that because he will is or he is going to have an amazing race at one of these races and um I figured if if he 
you know, top five, top threes, and he wants to come on and talk about it, I'd love to be the first people to be able yeah. to talk about it with him. So, and, you know, you've seen the hat all day. Um, thank you to UATC HWC for um, sponsoring and getting us these hats. And uh, if you want one, let me know. And we're hopefully going to have some more options and stuff. And maybe we'll have some shirts at some point. But um, I am wearing my DP break shirt, Larry Mills. So um, make, sure, make sure to reach out to him for any of your braking needs on your motorcycle, your street motorcycle, your dirt bike, quad, ATV, whatever you want to call it, side by side. Um, and they also do clutches as well. So make sure to get at them. Um, Larry Mills on Facebook. Or um, you can find his email on the website. But that is all I have. I don't know about you. I don't have anything else. I'm, it was a great – I was looking forward to sitting down and discussing this and, and talking about the results because I knew we had a lot packed in. Yeah. And, um, no, it's good. It, there's, it was exciting to – it's been exciting to go to a lot of racing. Um, went to Detroit. Went to FTR. Uh, heading to Dallas or Arlington this weekend for mm -hmm. Supercross. So – um it just doesn't 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 end no there is a lot of racing going on and there will be until summer break for most off-road but yep. even after summer break for you i'm sure you'll still be uh traveling to the pro motocrosses if if that's still a thing yep we'll do something but i'm gonna get back on the bike after the marathon so yes um, i'm very excited for that i don't think you i think i'm more excited for you to get on a bike than you are to get on a bike but uh he is mj Adonis. I am Trey Heath. We are together. The MX, nope, the Beyond the Curve, the MX podcast goes off road, off track, and off topic. And this has been episode 43 and a half. And we want to thank our guest, Jesse Ansley, uh, JA, go find his merch and support him. If you're in Florida, go to the Wild Boar. You'll have a great yeah. time. You can walk all over the place. I know we've had FTR races there and you can't go anywhere at the GNCC. You want to go to the far end of the track and watch where they put it together, and there's three different sections, and you can watch three different miles. Yeah, you can do that. You can go and and have a good time, and uh, it's it's like going to a professional race. So, y'all, we will talk to you in two weeks. Yeah, with a hopefully a non-electrical report. Yes, hopefully. So, <laughs> and I will be there. I will be acting as team manager for Bryce and MJ during that race. And I look forward to, I don't like not having success. So we will have success. We will have success. We will, we will be extremely successful. <laughs> Y'all have a good night and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.